0: I've learned not to think too far in the future. I definitely like don't believe in the five-year plans anymore. I have like those big goals that you know you just think like this is what I want for my life, and I'm going to tell myself every day like why can't I have twelve million dollars residual income? Sure, that looks great. I think in eighteen months, I would like to grow my team. I would like my uh, my training company to go from you know hundred people to five hundred people. That would be fantastic. I would love that. Um, But I don't put that many restrictions on it because what I've learned in this very short time of entrepreneurship is that things rarely work out the exact way you see them.
1: Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys. Today I get to interview Laura Stewart. She is the VP of REC Canada, the founder, uh, yeah, founder and uh, of FDGU. from the Ground Up Academy, where they train agents. They put in over 100 in their first month in operation. I got to interview her partner, Jazz, on the show a little while ago. So we're super excited to have you on the show, Laura. There's all kinds of things I want to talk to you about. You have uh, been managing 150 to 200 condo developments, as well as training hundreds of agents. That's a lot going on. Um, So I'm really curious how you're managing all that and what you're doing to grow so quickly. So take us into it from the beginning. I know you're saying your passion now is in the agent training side. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, well, first and foremost, thanks so much for having me and for bringing such excitement. I mean, you make my life sound a lot more exciting than I'm sure it is. Um, Yeah, honestly, I've I've had a a crazy career journey, but I really have kind of feel like i found my niche, so to speak, with the training of other real estate agents. There is something about helping other business people fulfill their dreams, get out of their own way, uh, provide them with some skills and tools that have worked for me in my, in my real estate business and really start to see them flourish. Um, a lot of people get into the real estate business because they want to be their own bosses. A lot of people get into the real estate business because they think that's going to be the ticket to um, your financial success. And if I can be just a small little part of that, I mean, it, it makes me sleep very, very well at night.
1: So let's talk about that expectation because it's something I've encountered for myself going in the real estate uh, world for my W-2 job. Do you think that that is a healthy expectation to come out the gate with?
0: I think people get into the industry probably for the wrong reasons or without maybe the full understanding of what it really entails. Um, there's a lot of you know TV shows, million-dollar listings selling Sunset um, that make it look easy. And I think the fact that a lot of real estate agents front, so to speak, in that they wear all the fancy clothes, they drive the fancy cars. Uh, It makes it look easy. It makes it look like obtaining wealth in real estate is very, very easy to do so as a real estate agent. When, When the reality is, and I've been doing this for a decade now, it's a lot harder than people think. In fact, I actually got into the industry probably for those wrong reasons as well. So I understand it um it's just that it really is a daily grind it becomes your full life and and it's so competitive in the market that i work with here at the in the gta there's 75 over seventy five thousand real estate agents it's very very competitive and you have to constantly be pivoting constantly be reinventing yourself and thinking of ways in which you can kind of stay ahead of the competition so it's quite difficult but i think if people are committed to it i don't think you need to be a born-bred entrepreneur born-bred salesperson those attributes help. But I think if you go into it more with like, I want to, to have integrity. And, and by that, I don't mean like, I'm going to have integrity and I'm going to put that on my business card. I really mean in helping to advise people to make the right decisions, I think you'll do well in this business.
1: So integrity is obviously a key part because people can feel oftentimes if you care about them, if you want the best for them. Then also let's dive into a little bit about what sort of work ethic or time schedule should a new agent be thinking about having in order to be successful?
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of new agents, some get into the business as part-time agents at the start, right? Because they wanna kind of make sure that they're financially sound before they give up that job. Unfortunately, with part-time input, part-time work, you're gonna get part-time results. I I try to urge people as quickly as they can once they know like their family's gonna be safe and they can kind of pay their current bills to as quickly as they possibly can put their back up against the wall and go full-fledged into the real estate industry. Now, when I say, you know, they can pay all their bills, you might have to, like, change your lifestyle a bit. Maybe you don't go on that vacation that year or you decrease some of your expenses, some of those things that you don't really need. And the reason why I think you need to put your back up against the wall is because that's what makes you hungry. That's what makes you hungry for deals. That's the thing that's going to get you out of bed every morning making those prospecting calls. Guys, no one wants to make prospecting calls. It's not a fun thing to do. Getting turned down every single day, all day, is not joyous. So you have to have kind of this bigger reason that you're doing it. And I just find that when people have that part-time job, it's like their safety net, right? So you kind of got to get out of it as quickly as possible. For people, once they do get into it full-time, I really think setting up your schedule is absolutely key. So time blocking. So literally take out your calendar and put chunks of time that you're not going to be working. And then what you are going to be doing with the time that you are working. So I always suggest put in those big rocks first. So, um, you know, you want to take vacation. Put that in there. You want every time, every day between 5 and 7 p.m. You're spending time with the family. Put that in there and then actually do it. So when you're spending time with family, spend time with family. But the rest of the time when you're working, make sure that you're not kind of like dicking around and and doing things that you shouldn't be doing. I always suggest if you can, 9 to 12 is when you should be prospecting. And to me, prospecting is um, not just making calls into your database or cold calling or door knocking or things like that, but also shooting videos for content sending out mass emails with value to your people, um, creating an event so people can come and get educated on the process uh, of real estate. So that's all encompassing in that prospecting time.
1: Let's talk about your growth in the process. You guys have put 100 agents in a training program very quickly, which is a skill in and of its own right. Talk to us about how you guys did that.
0: Yeah, it kind of happened organically, in in all honesty. Two years ago, my business partner, Jazz, and I, again, who was on your show, we decided we wanted to start a media company because we were doing so much in the content space, and we really noticed how much it actually helped our current real estate business. Selling real estate became easier because we had already had an established brand name through the content. People already knew us, liked us, trusted us, and so we weren't really ever going up against other real estate agents to get business, and we and. When people started asking us, how are we doing all this? How are you guys constantly, you know, top two team in the country? Uh, And how are you always online? What's, What's going on? I see you on Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, everywhere. And we said, you know, why don't we help other people create content for their own businesses? What we didn't understand was, we might've been a little bit early in the game, is that there's a a big training curve that goes along with creating content and a lot of it actually comes down to insecurities of the individual. And I just don't think that we were prepared for how much work it takes to move people along the that train right you have to get people first and foremost being comfortable in front of camera that's not easy then when they're comfortable in front of camera do they even have charisma or are they good at it so there's a lot of factors that get involved while we were doing that though we started training people on what we even do with the content we would say hey i think you should start a podcast we're going to help you start the podcast once you do that though you should really be sending this to your database and this is how you're going to work the podcast with the database and so we kind of started quasi training people at the same time and that kind of like eventually led us to saying you know what we're a lot better at training we're a lot more passionate about training than we are about just helping people create videos so let's actually pivot and make that full shift so we did that about a month ago so it's been a crazy crazy ride i can't even believe where we're at now and none of this i would have foreseen two years ago so it just goes to show that you you really can't always plan things for sure
1: okay so let me ask you some hard questions you don't have to answer them but you became more passionate about training. Is that because it's hard to continue to do content over and over again? Like, was, was it like the grind element? What led you to be more passionate about training agents?
0: Yeah, so I personally still do my own content. So I yeah. enjoy the content. I know what it's done for my business. Mm-hmm. I just think the learning curve was too mm-hmm. massive for a lot of people. We're, like, we would bring people on who said, Laura, I love your content. I want to do exactly what you want to do. And then when I would show them exactly what I did, they weren't able to do it. Uh, I do a lot of content, like from my phone, selfies. I don't always look good. Sometimes I'm in my PJs. Sometimes I'm working out. Other people have a really hard time getting over the fear of judgment of others. I would sometimes have spelling mistakes on my content, and I didn't really care. Um, I also didn't really care about the negative comments that much because I generally speaking know that people are just coming from an unfortunately bad place in their lives and they're throwing out hate in the world. So I don't take it all that personally, but to teach people to do that when they haven't even ever posted a single image of themselves, say on Instagram, to get them to that place of comfort where they're doing it every day, where they're actually going to see an ROI on the content. Felt almost impossible. I, I actually told people, guys, you got to give this eighteen months. I'm posting something every single day, right? And at eighteen months in people's eyes, to like not do a single deal from content is a very, very, you know, large pill to ask people to swallow, so to speak. And so I, I think, I think in time when people start to understand more about content, uh, personal branding, when we see more and more how effective this is, I think it will be easier in the future. I just think we are a little bit too early on it, in all honesty.
1: I see. 18 months is a long commitment. Obviously for those that create content, understand the why because the back end is so big and so long lasting. Um, but I mean, obviously if you're a new agent, 18 months is a long time to go out with, without a commission. And this is why you're saying you balance the two, right? Between the outbound prospecting methods and then the content later in the day.
0: Yeah. I always say to people, you got to be juggling multiple balls in real estate. A lot of times people ask us, Laura, I want the step-by-step process on how I'm going to succeed in real estate. I'm like, there is no step-by-step process. This isn't like university where, you know, you take psych 101 and then you take the next year's psych 201 and it's, and it, and you kind of build off of it. Unfortunately, when you're a real estate agent, you're a small business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you literally have to be marketing. You have to be doing your own media. You have to be uh, fulfilling your, your customer service you have to be troubleshooting you have to do your finances you have to do your accounting like you have to do it all by yourself right and you have to just get used to that there's no one way there's no linear path to success in real estate it's about understanding that you have to kind of like throw as many balls up in the air as you can and catch a few you will drop some but be okay with dropping some i think unfortunately people are just so scared of the judgment i bring it back it 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 stems from the content but also their business people don't want to feel like failures. And they're so afraid to drop some of those balls that they can't even start throwing them up in the air in the first place. And they get paralysis by analysis. They kind of sit and stare at the screen all day saying, I know I should be making my calls, but I can't. I know I should be hosting events, but I can't. And they just can't seem to get out of their own way, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I've I've gone back and forth on the earlier idea that you mentioned, this idea that should agents quit their job. Like, I totally agree with you in the sense that the burning of the bridges can create that go out there and get it done. I also think it, it also can create a lot of stress, right, in a way where when you talk about a lot of times there is building blocks that agents need to build. Like they need to build the confidence to be able to shoot the videos. They need to build the sales skills, so on and so forth. What would you say to someone who keeps their job but is committed every day to shooting a video? And, and I, I do want to ask another question on that. How much content does people need to do daily in order for it to work?
0: Yeah, I, I want to start this Uh, answer was saying this, I think people think that confidence comes first, and then you do, right? Like, oh, once I get the confidence, then I'll be able to do something. It's actually the opposite. Doing something gives you confidence. So doing that thing that makes you uncomfortable, puts you outside of your your comfort zone, and you start to grow as a person. And then you look back and say, oh, that wasn't that scary. So I, I started my own podcast, I was scared shitless when I first started. If I waited until I was confident to start that podcast, I still wouldn't have started it today. Because even to this day, I feel like, why am I doing this? Do people even care what I have to say? Am I worthy of being a podcaster? Like I I have uh, imposter syndrome just like everybody else. But I just do it. And then I look back and say, oh, I have that callous now. I've kind of built my way forward. And then the confidence slowly starts to come. So I always recommend to people, you have to do it first. So if you don't want to full-fledged let's, jump into the- thing- a bit.
1: I, want, I want to break this down. You just do yeah. it, right? So there are a lot of people that just do things, right? But but I think there's an identity or something that's happening that allows you to just do something where you have imposter syndrome. So let's break, can you break that down for us? What what thoughts, what patterns, what things have you done to say, I've got imposter syndrome, but I'm just going to do it?
0: So I think first and foremost, surrounding yourself with people who have succeeded and watching how they've succeeded um, plays a big, big role because you see, you, you physically watch other people get outside their comfort zones and then you realize that all the gold is there. So I literally watched my, now business partner at the time my my quasi boss i so i guess um, he started a podcast and it 's not like he was comfortable and now he wants like six cameras in front of him at all times, so I literally saw that growth in someone else, and that gave me the courage unfortunately for people who are say watching this, who don't know me, they probably think, oh, well, Laura's great on camera. She's just naturally charismatic or she likes it. It wasn't always that way. And so you have to surround yourself with people who are kind of on the journey, who are like in that process of succeeding. And that kind of gives you the courage to say, well, if they could do it and they're like me, then so could I. And so I really think, you know, at at the office, if you guys are an agent, like go to the office, surround yourself with other successful real estate agents. Look around at your friend group or your family members. Are they positive people? Are they pushing themselves? Are they, are they looking to grow or are they all kind of just comfortable where they're at? There's always an opportunity to, to be bigger and better. And I think you really are the average of the five people you hang out with. And so I really would take an, a, a massive audit of who you're hanging around with.
1: Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different, and while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of 7-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, absolutely. So you've had a lot of success. I think definitely in part to the amount of action you've taken, the skills you built, the ability to overcome imposter syndrome. There was a point in your life where this led to kind of an anxiety attacks, maybe a nervous breakdown, that type of thing. Talk about that phase. How was that? And then how did you come out of it?
0: Yeah. So I would say, you know, throughout all my teens, I really struggled with anxiety. I was that kind of student who always aimed for the highest marks, not just in, you know, the sciences, but like, I wanted to be the best athlete. I wanted to be the best actor. Everything I kind of threw myself into, I really was coming from a place of like perfectionism, which now looking back was probably just really coming from, again, a place of fear, you know, wanting to please people, fearful of the judgment of others. Um, I think I put so much pressure on myself at that time that literally I was in my final exam. So I was the final year here in Ontario that had grade 13. So we called it OAC. I was the last year, which meant that when I graduated from high school, the grade 12s and thirteen students would be graduating at the same time, all vying for... You know these spots at university and so the universities yes they did accept some more students but not double the amount of students and so it was a very very competitive year and i was absolutely freaked out at that time i felt like if you don't go to university you're not going to be successful this is the path i have to get into sciences and i put so much pressure on myself that during my final week of exams i literally gave myself a massive anxiety attack where my parents had to take me to the hospital. I've never experienced that before in my life. I've, i I, I was used to experiencing anxiety, and I was taking medication to help with it. But I had never actually experienced a full blown anxiety attack where I needed to be hospitalized. I, from then on, needed to be. I needed to carry around uh, other medication with me in case that happened again. I had to take a puffer with me because I found it sometimes hard to breathe. And throughout, and truthfully, and throughout my entire time at university, I did get in. I still struggled with that. I think there is something to you know, growing older experience that helps naturally. Unfortunately for anyone who's listening that's younger, that's not very helpful to them in the moment, but you do kind of grow out of things. I still struggle with it a little bit to this day, but I definitely have found some hacks that work for me. So sticking to a routine definitely keeps my anxiety at bay. There's something about knowing exactly what I'm gonna do in the morning, controlling what I can control, exercise, all the shit that no one ever wants to do, but like they, it does help. So staying on track, you know, not having too much caffeine, not having too much alcohol, all those things do definitely help. And then I, you know, I, I think just realizing like nothing's as bad as it seems right now. I almost purposely put myself in situations that make me a little bit anxious and it's almost more like a game. Like, am I capable of overcoming this? Because I've also now seen like, what's the worst that can happen? yeah, you have an anxiety attack, go to the hospital. Hopefully no one else has it, anything worse than that. But it's also not the end of the world. And you do kind of come out on the other side with a much bigger appreciation for it. And also realizing that like, this shit was on me. It was nobody else putting it on me. It was what was going on between my two ears, Uh, what was going on in my brain, my self-talk that really was what was causing it. And so I try not to take everything as seriously perhaps as I once did.
1: Yeah, awesome. And so as you've taken things, not seriously, like how, how has it completely eliminated your anxiety? Has it lowered your anxiety?
0: Definitely not eliminated it. I I still struggle from perfectionism, um, fear of the judgment. I still get overwhelmed. I mean, just the other day we had, um, I'm trying to think something happened. Oh, yesterday, actually, we were doing an online training and all of the technology wasn't working. And I was hosting somebody else on that training and Things were just kind of going wrong, and after it, like everyone was like, "Oh, great job, Laura!" Giving me like the thumbs up, and I just felt awful about it. I I was like, "I'm better than this. We should be better than this." Like I have high expectations of myself and others. I still to this do to this day. I think that has also been the reason why I've been successful. So it's kind of ironic, right? The thing that is difficult is also the thing that is like your strengths like your weaknesses are somehow your strengths your strengths are somehow your weaknesses and you kind of have to learn with living in that juxtaposition you kind of have to learn to to understand that those things can be simultaneously true Um, so i do still suffer from it i i i do now also realize like running a business and being responsible for other people's incomes their livelihoods that amount of pressure is way more serious than anything else that I could imagine. Like, you know, me having a perfect video online has no merit to making sure that the people who work for me that help me achieve my dreams, that they're able to feed themselves and their families. That's way more important. So you just, you start to realize like there's buckets of things, right? And And you put what's in the serious bucket, the serious bucket. I had someone tragically pass away on us. And that completely changed our business upside down around seven years ago. You know, that's serious shit. A spelling mistake on my Instagram, a a link that went to the wrong place in an email, that stuff doesn't really matter. I think that's where people really have to start reflecting on on what's important in life.
1: Yeah. Let's go back. You kind of were doing some linking of these thought ideas, right? You strive for perfection and the reason you strive for perfection is because you're really uh, depending on the the, uh, how people think about you but let's take that one or two steps deeper like why would somebody need or want the approval of others like have you linked that like to maybe you're not enough type of thing
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, we have a saying here that we say like, you are enough, you are enough. Mm -hmm. I think it's human nature. I mean, I'm no psychologist by any means. Um, I did take psych 101 and 201, but that's about as far as that went. I think there is just, you know, when you're a kid and your parents say great job, you know, that feeling that you got when you were a kid that lives with us, I think forever that just yearning for approval, that, wanting other people to tell you how great you did when you, the first time you jumped off the diving board or the first time you did a performance and then your parents showed up with their faces smiling and you realized how proud you made other people. I think that never really leaves us. What I think humans do is we get really good at putting armor on though and saying, I'm not scared. I don't care about others. When, when you really start to unpack it, because I spend a lot of time doing uh, what we call accountability calls with agents. Um, where it's, it's part of the training that people pay for. And and I'm almost like a quasi therapist. Now, legally, I am not a therapist. I'm not saying I, I, I am one, but I listen to a lot of struggles. It's rarely that people don't know what to do. Like people know they need to call their database, they need to time block. People know that they need to make phone calls, they should do events and stand in front of people. They, they know they should do it. They can't do it because of XYZ. Now they might say, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have a place to do it, or I don't have the budget to do it, or I don't have the charisma to do it. And they look and they start placing blame on all these things. But when I really unpack it, I'm like, okay, you don't have the budget to put on an elaborate event, but just put on like a, a cheap event and do it at your brokerage. That should be free and get some like really cheap cheese from the local grocery store. But they're like, oh, but then my clients will think that, da, 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 da. and I'm like, but So you're scared of the judgment of your clients to think that you're not wealthy or you don't know what you're doing or you have no money or they're going to say this was some crappy event. And so I think we're just always looking for that approval. And and the more you can push yourselves to getting over that, I think the better life becomes. I'm not saying I'm over it. I still look to the approval of others. But I do feel like I'm on that journey and it feels a whole lot better. Like I have a lot more inner peace than I used to have simply because I'm just that much less Afraid. I'm that much less afraid of what other people
1: think. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, because like obviously you're amongst entrepreneurs, real estate agents all the time, as am I. And it's such a common thing for people to base their value and their worth on their numbers or on the opinions of others, et cetera. And I've always kind of had this philosophy of one of the ways you take care of that is telling people not to, don't worry about what people think. But there's also like the flip side of the coin, right? Which is like help, helping people to realize like you you are enough, And like you talked about the juxtaposition earlier, which I loved. you are enough and you can still go be amazing and conquer, right? Being enough doesn't mean you have to do nothing, right? It just means that you're not getting your worth from other people. And another thing you were talking about that I really loved, which is essentially this idea that like perfection is kind of the enemy of action. And so like you could just start increasing action by lowering your threshold for what perfection looks like. Like if, if, if you do 50% of perfection, you could do 10 times more action or or you do 10% of perfection, you could do 100 times more action. Uh, I want to kind of talk about that as, as a formula for content, because there seems to be at least some standard of content. You have to have some standard to get some results, right? If you put really garbage content out there, it doesn't seem to work and you do seem to be wasting your time. But perfection is obviously the enemy of, of done and all those things. So if you were to like rate, how good does your content need to be before it goes out? How do you think about that?
0: Oh man, in all honesty, like I have a hard time judging what's good content. I think having decent audio is like a no brainer. Like people have to be able to hear it. Um, ironically though, I say that. And so many people don't even listen to to the audio of content anyways. And so at least if you have bad audio, please be putting the captions. You should probably be putting the captions on most of your content anyway. But yeah, decent audio, decent lighting. Like, I have to see your face. You know what I mean? Next to those two things, though, I have a hard time judging it. Like, there are times, honestly, Matt, where I'm like, oh, my content, this is a killer piece of content. This one's going to pop. And then I post it, and it's like crickets out there. And then there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm just filling space with this piece of content. And then that's the thing that pops. What I have found quite honestly, is that the more I am myself, the more vulnerable I am through my content, that seems to be the thing that matters more to people. So I would actually say the quality of the content should really be you trying to be as natural as you possibly can. So don't script your content, that seems to not work with a lot of people. Don't act, people can tell when you're acting, when you're not being authentically who you are. being vulnerable. So you pretending, so an agent who's doing content, pretending like they know it all when they've been around in the business for one year, people can sniff that out. They can see through that. And then they don't like you because now you're, now you're a sleazy salesperson and you're lying to me. I am very forthright in my, Hey guys, I had a business that kind of failed. Um, hey guys, I've only been in the industry 10 years and I only sell pre-construction condos. I haven't listed a home in a long time. So I put that stuff out there, not because I, I think it's valuable to other people, but because really I'm just kind of giving people a good sense of who I am. I'm not trying to pretend I'm somebody or not. I also give a lot of personal content. So things about my life, my family, some of the struggles that I've been going through. I, I put on social media, my struggles with IVF and the amount of feedback I got on that was incredible. Now you might say, well, what's the ROI in me sharing my deepest, darkest secrets? First of all, I'm not telling you to share your deepest, darkest secrets. I'm I'm asking you to share what you feel comfortable, but know that by you being vulnerable, you connect with people by being vulnerable. Like maybe there's someone who's listening to this right now who's like, oh my God, I didn't wasn't really feeling Laura, but the fact that she's going through IVF and infertility issues, you know, that makes me connect with her that much more. And now we've built a relationship. And don't you think that by us building that relationship, I'm that much more likely to get your business in the future? Possibly. And so I think people should really start to to open up a little bit more. You don't always have to look perfect in your videos. I, I get people who come to me and say, Laura, thank God. Like sometimes your hair is a mess and you're making fun of yourself. You're showcasing your pimple. And I love that because I also look a mess half the time and I also have a pimple. So thank you for making me feel comfortable and confident. Right. And so I think that really is the human element to social media. So I would actually say that's how I judge it. The the less fake you are, the more I think that that's going to help you.
1: What's your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months?
0: Oh, Matt, Matt, that is not an easy question to answer. I, I don't, I've learned not to think too far in the future. I definitely like don't believe in the five-year plans anymore. I have like those big goals that you know you just think like this is what I want for my life, and I'm going to tell myself every day like why can't I have twelve million dollars residual income? Sure, that looks great. I think in eighteen months, I would like to grow my team. I would like my um, my training company to go from you know a hundred people to five hundred people. That would be fantastic. I would love that. Um, but I don't put that many restrictions on it because what I've learned in this very short time of entrepreneurship is that things rarely work out the exact way you see them. Um, If you can have a goal, but understand that the way you're gonna get to that goal is probably gonna go left, upwards, downwards, backwards. And before you know it, it doesn't look anything like how you had planned it, but somehow you're at that same place. It's it's funny, I I just came across an old video of mine. I, I auditioned for a TV show for real estate agents about um, six years I uh, know seven years now in the city of Toronto they were I guess doing some real estate show I didn't get the part but so ironically now I have my own podcast I have cameras around me all the time I'm being asked to do have to have conversations like this so in an odd way I'm doing my own my own form of that right and so life just doesn't like even if shit doesn't work out for you you're gonna somehow figure it out as long as you're still committed and so I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see where my business partner can take this training company. I hope that we have positive impact on lives. I hope that there's some type of ripple effect that by me helping that one person, they go home, they have a better day, they help their spouse, their kid, whoever it is, their colleagues. And, you know, we can put a little bit more love in this world because I, I think we could use it in all honesty
1: absolutely laura stewart thank you so much for coming on the show for sharing about your life and your business for those of you out there listening write down something you learned from today maybe it's the anxiety that's in your life maybe your view of perfection is just too high lower that bar take some action make some things happen write down something again you learn share with somebody knows they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time and if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you on the next episode